my dear friends in Christ. I know that many of you have been praying for some special favor since a long time. And you probably are disappointed in the good Lord. I am immediately reminded of a of some girl who came to me at the end of a church service not very long ago in New York. And she asked me if I would help get her brother into the United States from the Philippine Islands. And uh, she said, I used to be a Catholic, but I'm not a Catholic anymore. And I do not want you to mention anything about the church to me. I just want to talk about my brother. So I'll let you come to see me tomorrow. So when she came, I took her into the chapel. I didn't talk about her brother, and I said, Dear Lord, here is a girl who's mad at you. She asked you for a favor, and you did not give it to her. And because she does not like the captain of the ship, she's going to jump overboard. And I let her go, and the next day I told her to come back. When she came back, I said, come into confession. She went to confession. Now, she was trying to put me off, you see. But I knew really she wanted to get back. And so, you must not despair now of your prayers. So, I'm going to talk to you about the little flower in relationship to love's delays. Love is not immediate. The scripture, therefore, often tells us to wait on the Lord. Wait. For example, in the prophet Isaiah, God speaks. I think it is in the, in the 30th chapter, the 18th verse. The Lord is waiting to show you his favor. He yearns to have pity on you. And happy are all who wait for him. Now the little flower at one time did not want to wait on him. When she was fourteen and a half years of age, she wanted to enter Carmel. Not enter at fourteen and a half, but enter at the age of fifteen. She went to her father, for whom she had the deepest protection. He said, what is it, little princess, that you want? She said, I want to enter Carmel at 15. They walked up and down the garden, and he picked up a flower. But not just the flower, even the roots came up. And he said to her, yes, you may enter. And he gave her the flower, which later on she kept pressed in her book on the imitation of Christ. And she said, the very fact that the roots were there indicated to me that I was to have roots somewhere else than in my home. I'm very happy that she had received her father's consent, but still not wanting to wait too long, she went to her uncle. 
Brother Gillan, please. And he says, no, this is ridiculous. A girl of 15 entering Carmel. So she then went to her pastor. And he said, no. She went to the Mother Superior of the Carmel Monastery. Mother Superior said, no, you're too young. She went to the Vicar General of the Diocese. And the Vicar General said, no, you must wait until you're 21. Then she went to the bishop. And as she was ushered into the bishop, the secretary said, now no diamonds, meaning do not shed any tears. But there were a lot of diamonds, just the same. And she said she saw all the pictures of the bishops of the diocese in the big hall as she went in. She felt so very small in the presence of those great paintings. And she asked the bishop, and he said, no, she was too young. So is there any recourse? Yes, he said, you can ask the Holy Father. So she went to Rome with her father. Now the pontiff in those days was one of the greatest of all of the pontiffs of the church. It was the great Leo XIII, a very formal and very learned man. When the party from Lisieux came into the audience room, the pastor turned to them all and said, Now remember, no one is to speak. And the little sister, Celine, said, You talk. So she knelt down before the Holy Father and was seated in white hair. And she said, Your Holiness, inasmuch as this is your jubilee year, would you allow me to enter Carmel at the age of 15? And with that, the pastor said, Your Holiness, she's only a child, and the superiors are looking into this matter. But still the little flower did not give up. And she said, But Holy Father, you can do anything. Just tell me I can enter, and then I can enter. And he said, well, if it's the will of God, we will enter Carmel. And then she started to speak again, and Pope Leo put his finger on her lips, and one of the papal guards touched her on the shoulder, and that was the saddest day of her life. Now she has to learn the lesson of love's delays. How did she take it? Some people in disappointment leave the church. So let me read a paragraph to you from her own autobiography. She said, For some time I had indulged the fancy of offering myself up to the child Jesus as a plaything for him to do with what he liked with me. I don't mean an expensive plaything. Give a child an expensive toy and he will sit looking at it. 
afraid to touch it. But a toy of no value, a ball, say, is all at his disposal. He can throw it on the ground, kick it about, make a hole in it, leave it in a corner, or press it to his heart, however he feels about it. In the same way, I wanted our Lord to do exactly what he liked with me. And here in Rome, he had taken me at my word. In Rome, the child Jesus made a hole in the ball to see what was on the inside of it. And then satisfied with that, he threw the ball away and went to sleep. Who's to tell us what the child was dreaming about when the ball lay there neglected? Perhaps he dreamed that he was still playing with it, first dropping it and then picking it up, letting it roll a long way and then pressing it to his heart to make sure that it never slipped from his hand. Yes, he can do with it what he likes. But you see, Reverend Mother, it's a depressing sensation to feel that you're like that ball that has been thrown aside. So the little flower has what she said was the greatest disappointment of her life. Not to enter Carmel at 15. But she did. First she had to learn the lesson of defeat. And she learned it then in Rome. You see, there are two philosophies of life. One is the pagan philosophy. First the feast, then the headache. And the other is the Christian philosophy of life. First the fast, then the feast. Our law is first Good Friday, then Easter Sunday. First the cross, then the empty tomb. So she's now having her cross. Just contrast, for example, the sorrow that this little girl of fourteen and a half had in that visit to Rome, in contrast with the glorification that we are now giving her on the centenary of her birth. But in the meantime was this delay of God's love. Now let me explain that to you at greater length, particularly through scripture. Think of how God tested Noah, for example. Noah lived in the desert. And he told Noah to build an ark. Can you imagine the sarcasms, the sneers that poor Noah must have had simply because he obeyed God? And here he is building this ark in the desert, nothing to float on. But he just took God's word for it that it would come true. This was love's delay. Take Abraham. God said to Abraham, You will have children as numerous as the sands of the sea and as the stars of the heavens. 
That was God's promise. But when he's 98 years old, and Sarah's 80, he doesn't have a son. Both of them were past the age of conceiving. But God had told him that he would have a progeny as numerous as the stars. There was this long delay until it passed almost into the realm of the impossible. And then he had his son Isaac. Then coming to the New Testament. A classic example is the story of Lazarus. Our the Lord was beyond the Jordan with his disciples. And news came to him that Lazarus was dead. Now Lazarus was his friend. He had been there many times at their home. And he owed them, from a human point of view, some obligation and consideration. And the apostle said, will you go? And our Lord said, no, I will not go. So he waited two days. Oh, yet the message that came that the first was that Lazarus was sick. Now, if the story stopped there, wouldn't you say, well, what love did our Lord have for Lazarus? He was his best friend, sick, and he does not go near him. And the Lord stayed two days more, and news came, Lazarus is dead. Thomas, always had lugubrious, expecting rain the day of the picnic. Thomas said, let's go and die with him. And the Lord said, no, I'm glad this has happened. I'm glad. Because it would show forth the power of God. Then it took two days' journey to get to Bethany, where Lazarus was buried. There was not a great deal of faith on Martha's part when our Lord came. And she said, the Lord, if you had been here, he would not have died. And he said, where is he buried? And, and they said, well, it's no use now. He's stakeless already. Now suppose the story stopped here. Would we not complain against God's mercy and love? And yet, in the end, God rose Lazarus from the dead. Did you ever notice in Scripture that no dead person ever remained dead in the presence of our Lord? For example, the daughter of Jairus, the son of the widow of Naim, and Lazarus. In the presence of death there is life with Christ himself. We again with love's delay. And then one other instance of it was the Syrophoenician woman. Now this was a, not a Jewish woman. She lived in the pagan part of the land in which our Lord lived. And she was suffering from an issue of blood. And she knew enough about Jewish law 
to know that any Jew who touched a person who was suffering from the issue of blood was made impure. But she took a chance. And she came up behind our Lord and touched the blue fringe of his robe. And our Lord turned around and said, Who touched me? He wanted to draw out the face of the woman. Who touched me? The apostle said, Everyone's crowding around about. Why do you ask who touched you? And our Lord said, Because I felt a power go out from me. A power. See, no power is ever communicated without a loss of energy. Spiritual power as well as physical power. And then they pointed out the woman to him. Our Lord now seemingly says something hard. Well, we have to be persistent in our love, even when there is a delay. He said, it is not fitting to take the bread of the children and throw it to God. The bread of the children, that would be the bread for the Jews. What did the Jews call the pagans? Dogs. Dogs. So our Lord said, it's not fitting to take the bread that is reserved for the Jews and give it to the pagans. And she answers it. She said, but even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And our Lord answered, I have not seen such faith in all Israel. And then healed her. Now there may be, in this incident of love's delay, there may be a deeper, deeper mystery still. Our blessed Lord was trying to teach his apostles to love all peoples. The Jews in those times said you could thank God that you were not born a dog or a Gentile. Now, our Lord was trying to teach his apostles that they had to love everyone in the world, even Gentiles. Now, here comes a Gentile woman. The apostles were ready to chase her away. I think that our blessed Lord really winked at that woman in order to draw her out, saying, it's not fitting, is it, to take the bread of children and throw it to the dogs? I don't believe he was talking to her as much as he was talking to the apostles to remind them that they were to love everyone. But to keep up the point, here all through the scripture is the delay of love. If you start with a great success, you may be like a skyrocket. Go up with a lot of fire and noise and come down like a stick. One of the hardest and cruelest words in sacred scripture are, you have already had your reward. You wanted something, you've got it. That's all you'll ever have. So the Lord sometimes does not give us all that we want. But even when we do not receive it, we can find a divine answer as she did. For example, a little girl at Christmas time, 
shortly before had told her father that she wanted a thousand dollars for Christmas. And on Christmas Day, the father, who was an unbeliever, said to his daughter, Well, God didn't answer your prayers, did he? She said, Oh, yes, he did. God said, No. Well, God sometimes does say no in love to ladies. And coming back now to the little flower, this is one of the dark moments of her life. She was asked, I think it was by the vicar general of the diocese, How long have you wanted to be a nun? She said, All my life. Even though it was only fourteen and a half years. And it's difficult for us to put ourselves in the position of a young girl with such love of the solitary, contemplative life and being frustrated by the pontiff himself. Other people would leave the church. What does she do? She said, well, I'm delighting the Lord anyway. I'm just the ball, and he doesn't want to play with it. He's not amused with it. He just wants to put a hole in it, that's all, and leave it in the corner. So she was content to be in the corner. Now then, if you're praying for certain favors, be prepared for love's delay, but keep on praying. Do not give up. Here, for example, is the, uh, some beautiful words of our blessed Lord from the Gospel of Luke, apropos of praying. Our Lord tells the story of a crotchety, cranky old judge. And our Lord almost seems to compare himself to that judge. And this is the story he tells. He spoke to them a parable to show they should keep on praying. Never lose heart. After all, isn't that what courtship is? A young woman plays hard to get in order to draw out love. So does God play sometimes hard to get. There was once a judge who cared nothing for God or man. And in the same town, there was a widow who constantly came before him demanding justice against her opponent. Now, can't you get this picture in a small village of a poor old woman going to this judge day after day? until the judge is almost driven crazy by her. And then our Lord continues, for a long time he refused. But in the end he said to himself, true, I care nothing for God or man, but this widow is such a nuisance that I will see her righted before she wears me out with her persistence. And the Lord said, 
You hear what the unjust judge says? And will not God vindicate his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night while he listens patiently to them? I tell you, he will vindicate them soon enough. When the Son of Man comes, do you think he will find faith on earth? So never give up your prayer. Because the petition that you seek is distinct from the prayer itself. All prayer is dependence. Prayer is love. And you will find that as you love more, you will be seeking less and less material favors. Maybe God is answering our prayers without our knowing it very often. In the divine intent, the day that Pope Leo put his finger over the lips of that fourteen-and-a-half-year-old girl, God had already decided that she was going to enter Carmel. And I am sure that when Pope Leo went to heaven, the one thing that he was most sorry for in his whole life was that he told that little girl to keep still. And here we are, praying to the little flower, not to Leo the Thirteenth. What a lesson that is. I'm sure no one in this church had said a prayer for the 13th. As great as he was. And he controlled the life of the little flower. See, everything changes in the mind of God. That is often why when we have, uh, when I go out to dinner in rectories and religious communities and the like, I always try to see the cooks. And I say to them, you're working in the kitchen over a hot stove and you're serving us. We're seated here at table in comfort. But everything's going to be changed. This is evidenced in the parable of Lazarus, the poor man, and the rich man who gave him nothing. In heaven, all you cooks and you ladies who serve tables are going to sit at table in heaven. And you people are going to cook for you. Now I do my own cooking, let me tell you ladies, and I'm a terrible cook. But when we get to heaven, you needn't worry about the cooking because with the beatific vision comes the power of cooking. So we'll be treated very well. But everything will be turned upside down. As on this day, Leo the Thirteenth and a fourteen and a half year old girl have reversed their positions. She's there on the altar. We're reading Mass to her, not to Leo the Thirteenth. She had to suffer the great delays of God. And even our grateful heaven is a delay. And I will tell you about that in the next conference this afternoon. The little flowers you of death. And until then, thank you.